go ahead and turn in the book of Joshua to chapter 24, verse 13 through 15, okay? The book of Joshua, chapter 24, 13 through 15. We've been talking about with Christ in me, I am the answer. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit, and the Lord really dropped something in my spirit. And he does it in, a, in, in weird ways, man. God is so cool. He'll talk to you where you're at. Okay, so it's not he don't talk to me in King James English. Sometimes he talks to me in a song themes of songs, you know, names of songs. I'm a music guy. I love music. I love all kinds of music. So, uh, uh, you know, sometimes my messages are, are titled themes of songs, you know, and as I was just spending some time with God, uh, and this is funny. I'm like, how could you say that's God? It just it's how he deals with me sometimes. And uh, I just kept hearing uh, a part on a Run DMC song that I grew up listening to, and it was Run's House. And uh, maybe you've seen the TV show, too. And I just kept hearing this all day. I just kept going, this is my house. And I actually put a video of it on, uh, on social media. You might have seen it. It might have scared you. And I was with Norma the other day, and she uh, opened it up, and the music started playing. She almost dropped her phone because she thought it was just a picture. But it just kept going off in my spirit. This is my house. This is my house. And in that song, you know, Run's trying to say, this is my house. It's a whole other thing. But, you know, uh, anyways, Joshua 24, it just came up. I started just, you know, hearing that in my spirit. And so I went to Joshua 24. And many of you might be familiar with this. Let's, let's read it together. It says, I have given you a land. This is the Lord speaking. For which you did not labor. And cities which you did not build. And you live in them. You eat of vineyards and olive groves. That you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Keep going. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods or the, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we know you're already here today. And I pray that you're going to do a deep work within us, Lord. You're not just going to give us a message, but you brought us here to hear a prophetic voice into our lives. Something you want to do. A challenge even, Father. I pray that we're mature enough to handle a challenge the right way. I pray that every person here is mature enough to have ears of the Spirit so that they can hear what you're trying to speak to them. Speak to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to read that same scripture to you in the Message Bible. I like how it's broken down here. It says this, I handed you a land for which you did not work, towns you did not build, and here you are now living in them. You're eating from vineyards and olive groves you didn't plant. So now, fear God. Worship him in total commitment. Get rid of the gods of your ancestors. Worship on the far side of the river Euphrates and in Egypt that you worship. You worship God. If you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Mm, I like that. Do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshiped from the country beyond the river or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. As for me and my family, we'll worship God. 
As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. We will serve the Lord. There's a few things I want you to catch in this scripture. We're going to take a few weeks and really jump into this. But I want you to catch a few things here. Joshua 24 is talking about God addressing his people. And he's addressing them and saying, listen, you're living a life that you don't deserve. How true is that for every one of us in this room that get to call ourselves Christians? We're living a life that we didn't pay for, but the blood of Jesus paid for. We're we're living under the grace of Jesus Christ. None of us deserve or are good enough or holy enough to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. None of us. Not, Not a single one of us. Your good works. Well, you know, I never did this. I never did that. It does not matter. The Bible says our good works are as filthy rags before God. Our good works don't matter. We're much like the people of Israel at this point. We're living a life that we do not deserve. How many could say, oh, you bear witness to that? I could throw up two hands, a foot. I am living a life I do not deserve. Some of you know my testimony. You know my story. And it's amazing for me to have three healthy, beautiful kids knowing what I did before I got saved. Knowing the crime, the sin, the blood that was on my hands before I got saved. Yet God, has deemed the grace, put the grace of God on me and given me a life that I do not deserve. And he's done that for every single one of you here. The things you've done against God, the crimes maybe you've committed, the mistakes you made, God wipes them away. And he gives us something called righteousness, which means this, all your faults don't count. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. Man, that's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing, especially when for those of us that keep making mistakes over and over and over and over and over again. And he continually comes into our presence on a Sunday morning, continually comes into our rooms when we open that Bible and crack the word open and we pray. And he's there. And the Bible says he does not count our faults against us. But he comes and he and he has time with us and he and he and he takes care of us and all these things. Man, talk about living a life that we didn't deserve. And we're all in that. And that's what was happening with Israel here. They were living in cities they did not build, uh, reaping the fruits of things that they did not do the work for. They just showed up and there were already gardens planted. It was already harvest time when Joshua went in there and he took the spies in there and they brought back bowling ball grapes on sticks to show the people the harvest they took the land they went in and they lived on that stuff and God was saying look at you all that I've done for you all that I've given you you living a good life that you don't even deserve and he puts the challenge out to them see this is a picture of grace people we're all in it the Israelites were experiencing incredible grace living and reaping where they did not build plant or deserve just like us Don't ever get it twisted that you deserve what you got. You don't deserve it. Yeah, praise God for our good works and things, but it ain't enough for God to give us what he's given us. Man, some of you need to come on a missions trip sometime and see how the rest of the world is living. You need to go somewhere and see what their salary is next time you complain about your paycheck. See, most of us, our problem is not how much we're getting paid, it's how much we're spending. It's not that you need more money. It's that you need to be smarter with the money you got. That's all it is, really. You know, you got to quit keeping up with the Joneses on Instagram. 
You, you know, you, if, we, if we learn that, we'll be better off. It's not that we all need raises and things. Praise God for raises. We want them. We get them. But the raises and stuff, remember what it's for so we can do more for the kingdom. Yes, we can have better lives, send our kids to college, wear good clothes, all those things. Represent the kingdom. You know, that's what we represent our God. You know, it's just like, when, you know, you don't send your kids out. Or you shouldn't send your kids out looking all, all scrappy and stuff because they represent you. Amen. Somebody needs to write that down. One of these moms that goes out and drops $50 at the club the night before, but her kid is dressed like he's wearing hand-me-downs from his cousins. She got enough money to go buy red bottoms for herself. Mm, y'all I'm getting too real up in here right now. But, but see, children are representative of their father. So it's never wrong for the children of God to be blessed because when we're blessed, God gets the glory. Amen. That's a whole nother thing right there. But listen, so, so God doesn't mind that. But see, the people of God at this time, they were living this way, but yet there were some mixtures in their life. There were some things in their life here. And verse 14 says, now, therefore, now that I said all that, he says, now that you realize how good you got it, he hits them with a challenge. Fear the Lord. Okay. What does it mean to fear God? Okay. What, what does that really mean? Well, fearing God means, means this, to be concerned with pleasing him and obeying him. That's what that means. doesn't mean to be afraid of him. Like, you know, some of us learned growing up in church, we were afraid of God. Like once we did something wrong, oh my gosh, God's going to get me. I'm going to break a leg, you know, I'm going to get locked up. This is going to happen because, and then when something bad happened, we just thought, dang, God got me, you know. <laughs> get injured playing hoop. That's what I would think. Oh, man, God knew I was lying to my mom and dad, so... <laughs> Messed up my ankle, you know. I mean, for real. Some of us grew up thinking that that's how life was. God is going to get you back. That's not what this is talking about. This is basically talking living a life where we are concerned with what God thinks. And we've got to take on a life, people, that we're concerned of what God thinks and not just a concern about what our friends think. It's one thing to get some likes on Facebook. But if Jesus ain't liking what's on Facebook, you got a problem. See, we want everybody else's likes. I got 30 likes on that. But the one like you didn't get was from the Holy Ghost. Because he said, I ain't liking that. That's destructive. Are you, are you feeling me this morning? So, so fearing God means this. If I fear the Lord, you need to hear this this morning. If I fear the Lord, I'm going to be concerned with pleasing him and obeying him. Forget all y'all. It's about him. And when I say forget all y'all, that means forget about my family, my homies, my friends I grew up with, my girlfriends. Come on. And I'm going to serve God. I'm going to put him first. I don't care what they say. God is going to be first. Be concerned with pleasing him and obeying him. That's how you know you fear God. There are so many Christians that aren't concerned about that. And they holler out grace, grace. God understands me. God understands me. God knows. God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I might be at the club, but God knows my heart. Yeah, God knows why you're at the club. What's in your heart? He exactly knows that. Oh, don't get me started today. I know you wanted a nice Sunday message, but I got to help somebody today. So we've got to fear God, be concerned with pleasing him. So that's what he says. There. He says, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him. In sincerity and truth, 
I like what it says in the Message Bible. Worship him in total commitment. So once you're concerned about him now, worship him in total commitment. See, we're, we're, we're too comfortable with this worship thing. Because y'all think that you, you're, you got your worship on today. Okay, that was a portion of what worship is. Any worshiper knows worship is a lifestyle. It's not 15 minutes on a Sunday. It is a part of lifting our hands and singing and worshiping him with instruments. But true worship is a lifestyle. We live this thing. It's not only when we throw on a Hillsong CD or a Jesus Culture CD or an Israel Hooten CD. It is the way we live. Amen? See, some people think they're worshipers because they can get and cry in God's presence. But there are some of us that God looks at and goes, no, 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 that's a worshiper. Because when you're done crying, you go back to being evil. When you're done lifting your hands, you go back holding your unforgiveness against everybody that did you wrong. You stop crying and you're still rebellious. Ain't no one going to tell me what to do. I'm a hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> and, 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 and we think, well, I'm a worshiper. No. You know what the greatest act of worship is? Some of the greatest worshipers were the guys that set up the sound at 8 a.m. this morning. Some of the greatest worship that went, went down was when Chris said, I got in that truck and he loaded that truck at 745 and he put that thing in there and he got everything set up and him and Rob got here and they put that thing. That's when God says, that's worship. And we think, well, well I, I can went to church. Hey, are you tracking with me? We need that kind of worship. But true commitment worship is not just songs. It's not just a moment where we cry and lift our hands and say things. Those are good. We need that. I'm not, I'm not belittling that. But what I'm trying to get you to see is worship is 24-7. Worship is found in the way I treat my kids. Worship is found in the way I interact with my wife. Worship is found in the way I serve at church, in the way I work. Did you know you're worshiping God at work or you're not? You're either worshiping him or you're not. If you're murmuring, complaining, and all this stuff's going on, you ain't worshiping God. But if you're in there and it's tough and you're speaking the word anyway, come on, somebody. I love this job. I love this job. Father, I thank you for this job. And your mind's going, you know it sucks, but I'm going to worship God anyway. And I'm going to do it good. And I'm going to do it right. That's a worship unto the Lord. And so what happens? He says, fear God. Worship him in total commitment. That means, man, be all in this thing. Okay. Then it says this in the Message Bible. He says, get rid of the gods of your ancient ancestors that they worshipped on the far side of the river. And this is the thing that people like to hang on to. We like to hang on to our gods. We like to hang on to the gods that we came up with. Come on, somebody. We like to hang out with the gods of the south side. Come on. We like to hang out with the Mexican-American gods. Come on, somebody. The Chicano gods, man. You know, we like to, we like to worship with the Samoan gods. I got you back there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, the African-American gods, whatever it might be, you know, he says, you got to separate yourself from the gods of your ancestors, your people. You know what that says to me? Quit being like your people. Quit being like your people and be like me. What God's saying, be like me. So we like to come into the house of God and we like to bring all our idols with us. And that's why it's so hard sometimes for people to really commit to God because we want to keep all the stuff we've been doing for 10, 15 years. We want to keep all our old ways. Come on, we want to keep all our old things we like to do, okay? We go over to our, our uncle's house on Christmas and everybody's got a beer. 
We like to hang on to that. Hey, ain't nothing wrong. Hey, Pastor, ain't nothing wrong with having a beard. Come on. Somebody. I'm not saying it's not a matter of right and wrong. The matter is when it becomes a God. And you know it's a God when you can't not do it. When you can't not serve it, it's a God. Well, it ain't a God. Then don't do it. Easily solved. Problem solved right there. If you don't do it for a little while, hey, you have a beer once, hey, it's fine. Have a drink once, fine, okay. But when you know, you know it's going to lead to getting drunk or what we like to say today is get, I'm just buzzed. I'm just buzzed. I ain't drunk. I'm just buzzed. See, th then we got a problem there. You're still living like the gods of your ancestors. The God of alcoholism, the God of partying, the God of, of oh, come on, smoking weed's a God nowadays. Come on, peeps. God was out with cops and clergy a couple weeks ago, walked into a house. It just hit me in the face. Whew. Some worship's been going on in here. <laughs> but it wasn't worship unto the Lord. It's worship unto another God. God of cannabis. It's the truth. It's the truth. And some of us, it's more of a stronghold than others because of where we come from. See, it's, it's easy for some of us to go, yeah, you know, that's dumb. Why are they be doing that? That's stupid. But when you was raised under that and you go watch a game with your family on a Sunday and they tossing up and passing it around, it, it's, it's not dumb to you. It's reality. So some of you that don't know nothing about that, just bear with me. I'll get to your stuff in a little bit. <laughs> but see, for some of us in this room, it's a major deal. Because if I stop doing that, what you're basically telling me, Pastor, is I can't go kick it with my family. And I love my family. I want to see my cousins. I want to see my brothers and my sisters. And I want, I want that. But see, here's the problem. You got to want God so much more. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So it won't be long. You'll be able to get back into that mix without serving those gods. It might be for a season you might need to separate yourself. But it's worth it because God promises to give us a life that we didn't build, didn't deserve. He's going to give you crops you didn't plant. These are all reasons to serve him wholeheartedly. But we still got believers. Haven't made the decision. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. See, we'll come to church on Sunday, but then we'll go tipping and tapping on the weekend. And we think just because nobody knows. See, when you really serve God and you fear him, it don't matter that nobody knows. God knows. See, some of us are so ignorant. We do, we, we do things, and, and just because we think the church don't know about it or Pastor Sergio don't know about it, that it's cool, you're done. that's dumb. Because it don't matter about pleasing me. It matters about pleasing him and fearing him. And there are many things that are not sins that God don't want me to do. So don't bring up the sin issue. Well, it ain't a sin, Pastor. You know, it ain't wrong. You know what makes it wrong? Makes it wrong when you shouldn't be doing it. Period. I don't care. You know, well, you know, it's legal now. Oh, you get me on some other stuff. You know, we got all these things, all these excuses, all these excuses to keep our gods in our life. You might not understand that marijuana God or that alcohol God, but I know a God that every person in here understands, and that is the God of self. 
The God of self is something that every one of us, including myself, have to keep off of the altar of my heart. Most of us, see, when we come into the things of God, we want to still be the, the we, we still want to run things. We still want to say in how this thing goes. Instead of submitting ourselves to his word and his spirit, we still want to be in charge. And as long as you do that, you're going to hear this challenge because God said it don't work. It don't work that way. See, we produced a fallacy in America that it's okay to be like that. It's not okay. Last time I read the New Testament, these guys turned the world upside down. Most Christians, the only thing turned upside down is their life. It's not working. We have a broke Christianity in many circles. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about having a life where God gives us the abundant life of John 10, 10, where he says, man, I'm giving you a life that's better than you've ever dreamed. So, so it's what he's saying here. So put away those gods. What are the gods in your life? Maybe it's the God of pride because you're raised in a Mexican-American home. It's the way it is. My dad was like this. My grandpa was like this. Well, guess what? Leave the gods of your ancestors and become like Christ. That's what God's saying. Well, you know, in my house, the men, we don't show emotion. Leave the worship of that God of pride and come into this thing. Can I get an amen? amen. It got quiet. I guess I'm touching a Chicano God right there. And <laughs> Hey, don't be touching my God, Holmes. No, no, no. He needs to come down too. Because our people in that sense had a way of treating women that needs to go. Hispanic men had a way of fathering kids that needs to go. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. We can't come into this next thing still serving the God of pride. Has to bow. Every, every people group has some. That's why he says, quit, just leave the God of your ancestors, your, your people, where you come from. Come on, how many know there's gods of the hood? The street gods. Well, this is how we do it in the streets. You're in the kingdom now. You got to leave those gods. Well, I, I ain't no punk. I ain't no punk. No, no, no. That don't work in this. If you're going to live by those, you're going to worship that God, that works out there. You know, I'm a grown man. Fool, act like it. I'm a grown man. Or we say something else. You know what I'm saying? What, he talked to me like that. I'm a grown man. That's how a kid acts, though. A grown man don't need to say that. A grown man's just grown. I'm helping somebody today. I know I am. But all these things are characteristics of serving other gods. Amen? Serving other gods. Let me show you some other things in the word right here. here. Uh, I'm not going to keep you too long. So the Israelites were increasing and, and experiencing incredible grace. They began to experience mixture. In other words, they were serving God, but hanging on to their other gods. What were these other gods? Well, self, this God of self, the God of licentiousness, which basically means this, no restraint. I do what I want to do. If it feels good, I do it. Listen, we got to get away from that. We got to fear God, be concerned, pleasing him and obeying him. Number two, we got to worship him in total commitment. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, because so many people say, well, I'm doing that. You know what the true measurement of your commitment is? Are you winning souls and making disciples? That's when I dropped the mic. 
Because we could all say, oh, I love the Lord. I, I, listen, to, I listen to the fish every, every day or air one. I always have the air one on in my car and I, I do my devos every day and I'm, I'm, I just, I'm committed to God. Commitment has fruit. You can tell I'm committed if you look at my checkbook because you'll see my tithes. You can tell I'm commitment uh, about my commitment where I spend my time. My family, others, church. You can tell my commitment by the things I'm producing. See, the days of just going, well, he's a, on fire for God. Well, show me something. Show us something. Because this on fire for God, if it's not doing anything for anybody else, it's not a fire. It's a camp. It's a barbecue pit. And it's going to go out. It's going to go out. Amen? But when there's production, when there's things happening, when there's fruit, man, that thing's going to burn forever. So total commitment can be measured by winning souls, making disciples. If you're not doing these things, listen, you ain't going to like this one, but this is just the way it is. You're not totally committed to him. Not totally committed to him. Well, you say, Pastor, how can I get involved in those things? Well, one way to get involved in making souls and, win- and winning, I'm sorry, winning souls and making disciples is to plug into your church. Because everything we do here on Sundays is, is winning souls and making disciples. Might be with the kids. Arnold's back there make, winning souls and making disciples with the kids today. Might be in here. You set it with the sound guys. They set an atmosphere so that we can worship, get the presence of God in here so we can win souls and make disciples. You're hearing the word right now. You're being a part. The ushers set an atmosphere. They get this place ready so maybe some souls can be won and we can make some disciples. You see what I'm saying? So part of it is plugging in and doing something to help somebody besides yourself. But the other side is, when you leave here, are you friends with people at your job? Well, no, they're sinners. Hello. (laughs) Exactly. Get off the high horse and see what I'm saying. Share some love. That's like a doctor going into a hospital going, ew, you're sick. Ew, what happened to your leg? I'm not. You're the doctor, fool. You got the medicine. Get in there. Help them. No, that's gross. Did you see his arm was bent like that? I'm not, I, I'm going over here in the doctor's lounge and we're going to hang out and drink our medicine all day. This is what the church does. It's what we do, but we're not, not this church, amen? Come on, not this church. We don't do that. We recognize what our mission is. Our mission is to get out there with the folks and love them, not judge them, not hold up signs, turn or burn. No, no, go out and have a coffee with them. Go out and have a cup of coffee with them. Go watch a game with them. Amen? But control yourself. Amen? Do those things, okay? Let's keep going here because I want, I want to get you out of here in time so you can beat the Baptist today. All right, to the, to the buffet or wherever you go. All right, so it says, get rid of the gods your family worship. That means the gods of your race, the gods of your parents. What are some of those gods? Selfishness, pride, laziness. Mm, come on, somebody. Ignorance. Anger, divorce, that's a lot of gods right there that some of us need to deal with. But those gods will kill a marriage, kill relationships with your kids. Those gods will get you fired from your job. Those gods will will hinder you from a relationship with Jesus. We got to worship God as a lifestyle. As for me and my house. And this is where we're going to camp for a couple of weeks because I really, want to, I really want to look at this and I really want you to get this because the Bible says that your body is a temple. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.19 on the screen there. 
It says, or do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? One translation says it's the house of God. The temple is the house of God. Your house, listen, not only houses you, but it now houses the Holy Spirit when you come in to being a Christian. This is why some of you that are not serving God, you need to get this today because you need to get the Holy Spirit in your house He's to be a part of being in your house because it's the only way you'll beat the addiction. You will not beat it on your own. And I know some of you have come to church and you've been a Christian and you go, yeah, pastor, but I tried, but you didn't commit. And don't tell me that you did. You didn't commit because when you commit, it works. If you just go to church and you don't change nothing else, well, dude, it's not going to work. I could have saved you some time. If that's as far as you was going to go, you wasted some time. But when you commit, you say, God, I want this. Man, when I got saved, that's what I did. When I saw it in the Bible, okay. I didn't wrestle with it. Ooh, ow, no. Okay, do that, I'll do it. Serve in the local church, okay, I'm there. Give my tithe, okay, I'm there. What else I got to do, God? And every step I took brought me closer to him. You need to understand that when you serve God, and some, some of you today, you can get it right, and you can get Jesus in your life, and the Spirit of God will come in your house, and he'll take up residency. And when you got God in your house, don't tell me you can't overcome porn. Don't tell me you can't get healed from the abuse that your dad did to you. Don't tell me you can't get over some of those rough spots. You can, because God lives in you. He's in your house. Amen. He's in your house. That's what we got to understand that as for me in my house, because the Holy Spirit is in my house, this is how things are going to be. It's going to be a certain way. Amen. We've got to recognize. I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians 5.23. You can look on the screen there as well. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Listen to this. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you faithful, who also will do it. What is this talking about? And this is where I want to jump in today as I close and we'll leave it for next week. But I love what the scripture says here about you and I being a whole spirit, soul, and body. Genesis chapter one tells us the story of creation. It tells us that God took dust, breathed upon it, and Adam became a living being. But it also says that man was made in the image of God. It says in the image of God, he he was made. But it also states this, let us make man, and it says it in the plural, in our image. And God is a triune being. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen? Y'all know that? The three in one? Some of you grew up doing this. Father, Son, Holy, you know, all that. That's triune. That's the three in one. But the Bible tells us when Adam was created, he was created a three-part being as well. Thessalonians reveals to us that mystery in saying that may your spirit, may your soul, and your body be preserved blameless at the coming. See, Adam was created a three-part being. But the Bible says when Adam fell into sin, something changed. Something happened. When Adam chose to make self his God, something happened. 
And what happened at that point is his spirit. He lost that access to God in the spirit. And most theologians believe that at that point, man began to be ruled by their flesh and by their soul, which means their mind, their will, their emotions, and their flesh. But then Jesus comes. And the Bible says Jesus restores to man what was lost in giving us access to God. The New Testament calls it being born again. And when they asked him, what does it mean, Jesus? You mean I got to go back in my mom's womb? Who was that joker asking that question? (laughs) Somebody said, you're nasty, bro. Of course it don't mean that. (laughs) So they asked that. What do you mean born again? I got to go back into the womb. He says, no. He says, I'm talking about being born of the spirit. I want you to picture it like this. When you come to the altar and you came to the altar and you got saved, you stood here a a, a two-pronged being, a man functioning in your in your flesh and in your soul. But when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, be the Lord of the life. It was like your spirit man that was dead was born again. It came alive. And you walked away from that altar, not a two pronged being, but a three pronged being. The Bible says you're born again. Your spirit has come alive. Your spirit has been born. But listen to this. Most Christians do nothing to nurture the spirit, to grow the spirit, to strengthen the spirit. So they live a life that has a weak spirit. Come on up here, Eddie. Come on up here, Aaron. Uh, (laughs) He said, dang it. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. Uh, And then come up here, Jesse. Okay, so we we've got we've got the flesh. I've done this before with you. Come on over here, Jesse. We've got the flesh in Eddie right here. Most people are dominated by their flesh, dominated by their flesh, ran by their flesh. And I know I've I've done this before, but track with me because it's a foundation for where we're going next week. It's dominated by the flesh. The flesh runs everything. The flesh can make these two guys do whatever he wants. He'll overpower them. So flesh says, I'm hungry. It don't matter what mind, uh, will, and emotion says. He's going to eat. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. (laughs) He's going to eat. He's going to find a way to eat. Okay? It don't matter that spirit says, well, we got to go to church. No, we need to go get to the buffet. Come on. We need to go right now. It's a special going on. And then the, the, the soul, the, the soul here, the mind, the will, well, but maybe it's not a good idea. You know, it's probably a better idea if we go to church. No, I'm hungry. I ain't going to church unless they serve in waffles. So, you know, this is kind of, that's kind of the thing. So the flesh, okay, it, it, it has a voice. It wants to eat, sleep, and have sex. Let me say that again because y'all looking at me like, not my flesh. Yes, your flesh. Your flesh is dominated by feelings of wanting to eat, sleep, and have sex. Let me throw in a fourth one. Be entertained. Be entertained is a part of that. But that's really more of a soulish thing, but it's part of that. So that's all your, your flesh. Don't look at me like, not my flesh, Pastor. All of our flesh. Put me in that even. If I let my flesh dominate, that's all I want to do. You ever, and don't, don't look at nobody in the room or, or you're probably thinking about a cousin or a Theo or somebody or a Thea. You know that's all their life is. 
They get up, watch TV, they eat, take a nap. Come on. And if they're lucky, <laughs> if they got someone that still, you know, wants them, that's their life. That's their life. That is the life of an undisciplined teenager. Watch out, young people. It's the life of an undisciplined teenager. And then the, the see, because the sex thing is not only about having sex with somebody else. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Because <laughs> there are other ways of gratifying yourself. I know it's Sunday morning, but somebody needs to hear that. So, so, so that's what the flesh wants to do. Okay? So if the flesh wants, are you getting the giggles over here? I need a mature flesh right now. But see, that's what the flesh does. The flesh is just, it's, everything's funny. Good job, good job. So, so that's, that's how people live. I'll even say, I guess, this is how some Christians live. Christians that say that made a decision to love God, but have done nothing with the spirit and soul, still dominated by their flesh. Talking about this Christianity don't work. No, your house is still dominated by your flesh. So all you want to do is something that has to do with eating, sleeping, or having sex. Maybe not those specific, but something has to do with those things. And like I said, a little bit of entertainment as well. But then there are other people that maybe aren't as dominated by the flesh, but they're more dominated by the soul realm, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? This is where most of the body of Christ in America is. We think that being soulish, oh, you need to catch this day, I'm going to help somebody, is spiritual. We mistake the soul for the spirit, and it's not. Because the soul is run by how, listen, how I feel. How do I feel about this? You ever hear people say this? Well, I don't feel like God has called me to do that. Well, it doesn't matter how you feel, because if it's in the word of God, it trumps our feelings. So you may not feel like sharing Jesus or preaching about him to others or leading people to the Lord, but God's word tells us to do that. If you're a soulish being, oh, you're going to see, I'm helping you today. If you're a soulish being and you're ran by how you feel, you could see why you don't bear fruit. You could see why you've never led anybody to Jesus. You could see why, listen, serving God is so hard. It's so hard. I hear that all the time. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to be a Christian. There he is, yeah. So stressed out. Oh, that's it. Always I'm so stressed out. I'm so stressed out. I'm just so stressed right now. I don't know why they have an accent like that, but. <laughs> so this is the soulless Christian. They're just going by how they feel, okay? So they want to find, ooh, they want to find a church that makes them feel the best. And they'll call that a spiritual thing. They can't worship unless it feels just right. I don't like this song, so I'm not going to worship. I don't like these metal chairs, so I'll wait till I get to that other church next week, and then I'll really worship God. And they'll say things like this. I just didn't feel God in the service. doesn't matter what you feel. The Bible says when two or three gather in his name, 
He says, I am there in the midst. Are you calling God a liar? So his word says he's there. If his word says he's there, he's there. I just didn't feel the Lord, though. This because this you right here. You're the soulish Christian. Soulish Christians, I'm going to hurt somebody, but I'm not trying to, so hear my heart. Soulish Christians, they just want to feel. They just want to cry. Amen. They just want to cry of some tears and feel something. But they don't ever change anything. Here's the other thing. They don't ever produce anything. Nobody's getting saved in their life. They're not going on missions trips. They're not doing anything radical. Some of them don't even tithe. Because here's the other side of the soulish man. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. So the other side of the soulish man is the wisdom of man. They think everything through. Everything, well, I got, I got to think about that. Hmm, let me see. How, so they get caught up on biblical questions all the time. Well, how, Pastor, the triune. Expl- I just, I can't understand how the three are one. That doesn't, doesn't make sense. And they'll read books and they'll study and they'll take classes just to understand, because they got to understand everything, that what is the triune really? I mean, after all, I mean, they go, I've spent, you know, all, all the time, okay? When Jesus says, believe it by faith. Believe it by faith. You don't understand it because I'm greater than you. How can we understand everything about God? And these are the people that will get off course. I, I used to go to church, but I couldn't understand. Here they go again. I couldn't understand why everybody doesn't get healed. And I prayed for my uncle, and he still died. And I could not understand. You say God heals, and he died. And, you know, they get stuck because they're thinking everything through. When God says this, believe me over your, over your experience. You experienced something bad. I still want you to believe in me. You prayed they died. I still want you to believe my word. But I don't understand. See what I'm saying? You'll stay there. You you will live. You guys are laughing because you know people like that. They're stuck because they got to either feel it or understand it. You'll never get anywhere. Because when God calls you, you don't ever understand. Well, I could not understand it in the world why God would call me. Real talk, I couldn't even keep my room clean. I couldn't even keep my car clean. Somebody say, praise God, because you're in the same boat. 18 years old, oh yeah, I had the McDonald's bags in the back. I don't mean one or two either. Come on, somebody. I mean, what kind of savage was I? Right in the back. People get in my car, I'd be like sifting through trash. And God says, I'm calling you to the nations. I'm calling you to pastor my people. My mind said, what? You see my room, God? Smell like patas in there and everything? I wish my mom and dad were here because they'd be like, amen. Amen. My mind couldn't grasp it. God calls some of you and you talk him out of it. Oh, it can't be me. I'm not good enough. No, that's cool. You, you guys should go. I'm not ready to go. Oh, you know more than God. Am I helping somebody here? I'm almost done, I promise. So we got 
Carnal Christian, we got soulish Christian that thinks they're spiritual. They do all the right stuff. Hallelujah. And they cry, but they don't win souls. But they don't tithe. See, most of our churches in America, soulish churches that we call spiritual. Amen? Amen. But then there's the spiritual. Then there's this guy. This is the kind of disciples we want to produce in our church. This is the kind of disciples that I believe the book of Acts calls us to, 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 to be. And that is people of the spirit. And I'll show you the scriptures and stuff next week. So don't miss it. All right. Don't miss it. Because if, if you don't get the foundation of what it says in the word, it ain't going to take root. I don't got time to get into this. Tonight, but I want to leave you with this. So this is the spirit man. OK. Now, I, I chose this lineup here because for most of us, this is what the lineup looks like. OK. Or maybe maybe you, got, you could even change places with these two. And some of you. Your soul is stronger than your, than your uh, flesh. See, you started out, the flesh was in control, but now you got saved, so now you got a little bit of sense. Come on, not much, but a little. We get a little sense to know, I got to go to church at least. You know? So then our understanding, our mind, our will, and emotions grows. And our spirit man, no offense, my man, no offense to this guy here. It's this chiquito He says, I'm going to hit that gym next day. It's motivation, Pastor. Motivation. But, but, you know, it it, it, it stays small. It stays little. Okay? So when these guys get into a shouting match, he ain't got a chance. He ain't got a chance. Because flesh and soul here are just going to be like, no, we're going to do this. He's trying to say, Hey, man, you're not, you're not getting it done. You need, to, you need to get out and get involved. I don't feel like getting involved. I don't believe I have to get involved because of this scripture, this scripture, this scripture. So I'm not doing it. But you really should do it because the word of God, shut up. And all you hear is this. And then you'll hear a little bit of this. Let's go to sleep. I ain't going to church this week. I don't feel like serving. Come on. They're just lucky I come, I'm coming. Amen throw a dollar in they been bay that's it that's all I got I got to eat later you know all that kind of stuff but we've got to get to the place if we're truly gonna say as for me and my house it starts with this house men before you could ever say as for me and my house it's got to start with as for me and my house men women we've got to be we've got to bulk this dude up We've got, we've, got to, we've got to add some weight. We've got to put some weight on, okay? We've got to get so he can take this dude down and this dude down and make them line up. But for the majority of Christians in Western America, in Western world, we have little itty-bitty spirits. Little itty-bitty spirits. And our prayer lives many times reflect it. I used to have a... I'll get on that in a minute, but let me... Let me I'm trying to wrap this up. But this is why in America, we hear more teachings on being good, on staying positive, which I love all this stuff, on, um, you know, it's going to be okay. God loves you. Grace covers you. Because what do all those things do for us? They make us feel really good. And if I feel really good, I'm coming back to your church, brother. And And I may give an offering. You keep making me feel, I may throw something in that bucket every now and again. But what the spirit, what we don't hear in many churches is 
about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What we don't hear in many churches is kita rabasakate bonde, ko rabasata, pata rabasata. And I just made some of your souls go, oh, what is that? <laughs> That's kind of weird. See, it's weird because this dominates you. This thing goes, oh, that's not weird. I need that. I need that. That's not weird. Oh, please give me some more of that. My old pastor, uh, I had a pastor one time. He used to describe it like this. People's spirits are so small. When they pray in tongues, it's shimmy, shimmy tongues. You ever hear people pray? Shimmy, 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 shimmy. I always was baffled by people that were loud, but not when it came to prayer. Come on, some of y'all. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, huh? Yeah. You're crazy. What, what, what? Let's pray. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Shush, shush, shush. Kiki, kiki. You was cracking jokes. You was, you was Seinfeld a minute ago, putting on a show. But when it used time to pray, you're over here cutting it up. Oh, Jordan is way better than LeBron. No, 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 he's not. You're stupid. You're retarded. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, um, oh, God, Lord. Are you, are you guys tracking with me? This is an example of why we are the way we are. So spirit man is small. Guess what spirit man puts out? Smallness. You won't get that. And I'm not trying to lift me up, but I learned a long time ago, if I'm going to do anything for God, these guys got to all change positions. Okay. He becomes spirit. He becomes soul. He becomes flesh. Okay. This is the lineup we've got to get. Why? So that we can have more spirit in our life. So that when it's time for you to go pray for somebody, you don't pray a a weak hamster prayer. You know, somebody needs, man, listen, people are dying of drug overdoses out there. And you want to pray over them like this? Oh, God, um, touch them. (laughs) See, this is why I love taking Americans overseas. Because those prayers don't work. They don't work over there. You go to Jamaica and you pray a little prayer, they'd be like, stab you after you're done, too. (laughs) Shank it. Somebody's mom's going, well, you ain't going to, back to Jamaica. <laughs> no, they won't do that, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we tell our teams all the time, pray in the Holy Ghost. Yep. And, and at the beginning, you know, they're always, it's, they start out, God, and then they know, pray in the Holy Ghost. Because the Bible says praying in the Holy Ghost is the perfect prayer. We'll get into more of that as, you, as we clean house in the next few weeks. But I want to leave you with this, guys. As for me and my house, you can't make that declaration until we pump up the spirit man. We've got to get your spirit man packed. We got to make your spirit man the rock. Come on, somebody. If you smell. No, 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 no. We got to get you pumped. Why? Because whatever stronger, whatever stronger is going to lead the way. Are you tracking with me? Whatever stronger... Jesse, you cool, but you ain't going to get him, Jesse. It's going to help you. Whatever's stronger is going to lead the way. So your house, listen, this house must be a spiritual house. It's got to be a spiritual house, which means I follow God's word. 
I follow his spirit. Not always how I feel. Not always what makes sense. And not always the things that are going to make you have sex, sleep, and eat. Although you do need all three of those things. So you don't need to get too small. Amen? God's not taking that from you. Somebody say amen. Somebody, God is not taking sleep, food, and sex from me. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen, amen about the sex thing too right there. Amen. <laughs> See, I lost some of y'all because y'all, oh, I can't say that, Pastor, I'm in church. <laughs> God created those three things. He wants you to have it. Do you know God wants you to have sex? Seven of you did. There's a problem. Come Friday night, married couples, okay? <laughs> Singles, God wants you to have sex, just not yet. Just not yet. Is this okay? Give it up for these three guys right here as we go. Help me on the keyboard. So this is where we're going for the next few weeks. Don't miss this, okay? Because we're trying to set a course for your life. Because most of us have come up in, in a church that called soul spirit. And it wasn't spirit. Because the Bible says the spirit is fruit. The spirit is fruit. The soul don't have the same kind of fruit as the spirit. It's called the fruit of the spirit. Love, gentleness, meekness, kindness. And this is why in our churches that we grew up in, people that were the most spiritual were the meanest. Come on, you remember sister so-and-so. She'd pray the lights out when it was an all-night prayer. But you didn't want to run into her one-on-one because she'll start judging you, point fingers at you, get all up, up on you, get hyphy with your kids, you know? Why was that? She had no fruit of the spirit because what she was really operating under was soulish, not spiritual. Don't miss these coming weeks because, see, if we if I can get you to be a spiritual Christian rather than a soulish, you'll bear more fruit. Because what we've had in the past, soulish Christianity uh, produces the appearance of good, but it's really all bad. It looks like you got a good marriage, but you know you don't. You know you don't. It looks like your family's got it all together, but it don't. Soulish will produce the appearance, but not the substance. Spirit produces fruit. Fruits of the spirit. It also produces souls, discipleship, abundance. And this is where we've got to move into. So in the next, uh, you know, it's getting warmer. So we're going to have a barbecue in here the next few weeks. Okay. Don't get too excited. See that flesh just jumped up on you. Y'all did that Scooby-Doo. But the barbecue I'm talking about is what we're going to do. We're going to barbecue some sacred cows. You know what sacred cows are? Sacred cows are those things that we believe are one thing, but they're really not. Those of you, some of you here that have been to India, you know about that. In India, they have cows that walk the streets while people are starving. They're starving while a sacred cow is walking in their midst that they could be having some incredible filet mignon with. Some picanha, amen, for my Brazilians over here. Oh, they could be, they could be grubbing. They could be enjoying a great meal, but they can't touch the sacred cow. Do you know in our Christianity, we create sacred cows? And we're struggling, struggling, but we can't get to that truth because there's a sacred cow there. We're going to barbecue some of those in the next few weeks. And so be ready for that, but be challenged. Because some of what you guys have thought have been spirit has really been soul, which doesn't make it bad. It just, it's not enough. Amen?
It's like the things I was kind of poking at today, the worship and crying and all that. That's not bad. Man, I was crying my eyes out this morning. I spent this week uh, yesterday, uh, this weekend, we were at uh, Hillsong, well, Young and Free at the My City Conference. And man, I'm on the, I'm just, I couldn't even stand. I was bawling. So I, I, that's a part of it, but it's not enough. Most of us stop at that. So I'm not saying we're going to not have those things, but we're going to go the extra mile. Stand on your feet this morning. I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Because some of you here, some of you here need to come into this thing. As we're talking about, as for me and my house, you got to make sure your house is of the spirit, not of the flesh. You got to take a stand so that God can allow you to live in the lands and the homes that you didn't earn, you didn't build, reap of the gardens you didn't plant. And that all starts with making a commitment. Choose ye this day, the word says, whom you're going to serve. If it's God, commit. If it's not, it's been nice seeing you. Let us know how that works out for you. But I tell you what, you should listen to some of us that have been there. It never works out. It didn't work out for me. It didn't work out for some of the people around you. That's why they brought you to church. But I need to ask before I let you go, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I am not serving God at all. My house has been serving other gods. I can't stop smoking weed. I can't stop doing this. I'm a part of this thing. I I live for myself. Maybe your God has just been yourself. This morning, God brought you here today to make a commitment. By commitment, I mean not just coming up and praying a prayer, but a commitment that says, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes to serve you and do whatever it takes to come into the family of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, it's a personal moment. I want you to just slip up a hand right now because we must pray with you. Yes, I see that. I see that. Anybody else? Anybody else? Say, man, I need to make a yes decision. 